Welcome to the Grow My Salon Business podcast, where we focus on the business side of hairdressing. I'm your host, Anthony Whitaker, and I'll be talking to thought leaders in the hairdressing industry, discussing insightful, provocative, and inspiring ideas that matter. So get ready to learn, get ready to be challenged, get ready to be inspired, and most importantly, get ready to grow your salon business. Hey, it's Anthony here, and welcome to another episode of the Grow My Salon Business podcast. Last week was part one of what was loosely termed comeback stories. And this week is part two, where I again talk to a salon owner couple about how they have bounced back after what's been a tough couple of years. With the challenges that the world is going through at the moment, it's important to be focusing on the success stories and the opportunities that difficult times sometimes present. My guests on today's podcast have been tested in numerous ways in their business and in their personal lives, as like most of us, they've had challenges thrust upon them that were beyond their control. But despite that, they've come out the other end in good shape and have lessons to share that are not only relevant everywhere, but we can all learn from their resilience, their willpower, their strength, and their courage in the face of adversity. Today, I'm talking to Todd and Audra Wise from the Colourpop Salon in Texas about the challenges that they've faced and how they bounce back despite those tough times. In today's podcast, we'll discuss their business journey pre and post COVID dealing with significant personal health episodes and finding balance in both personal and business commitments and lots more. So without further ado, welcome to the show, Audra and Todd Wise. Hello, Anthony. Great to see you. And we're so excited to be on your podcast. We're so just elated about being here. Now, we got to meet you several years ago and it helped put our business on track with the Grow series. And I just want to thank you for having us here. Mm-hmm. So um, Audra and I are just, uh, we're new business owners. We have been in the industry for many years and I have a background in operations and also with coaching through the Paul Mitchell schools. And so I grew up through that. And then Audra has. Hey, Anthony, uh, thanks for having us. Uh, I've been in the industry for about 22 years. Um, kind of circled the whole round. I fell in love with the industry because I worked the front desk at a hair salon and decided to go to school. So, you know, I've kind of gone receptionist, commission hairdresser, suite owner, salon owner, Paul Mitchell educator. So I feel like I've kind of well-rounded in the industry for the last 22 years and I've really enjoyed it. I'm really happy to be on your show. Great. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, I, I really wanted to get you on the show because you know, I know your your listeners of the podcast, and uh, you know, I consciously go out of my way to have a, a diverse, you know, range of people uh, that I talk to, and it, it's been an interesting couple of years, to put it mildly, for for everybody mm-hmm. in the world. And I I wanted to talk to some people under the the sort of loose banner of talking about comeback stories because. You know, there's a lot of people that have been going for a tough time with COVID and, and now the economy is, is really impacting on people's livelihoods and people's businesses. 
And so, you know, I thought that it would be great to talk to you guys because, you know, I know that you've uh, had, um, you know, some challenges like everybody has over the last couple of years. Uh, but I want to talk to, to you know, how you've handled them and, you know, what, what the things are that you've had to deal with, because I know that there will be a lot of other people that are um, in the same sort of uh, position. So let's let's uh, you know talk about uh, when you opened. Uh, let's just go straight to there. I know you said that you were um, that you have been a, a an educator. You said you'd also worked in a commission based salon. Then you went to Salon Suite, and then you opened your own salon. So that's actually the first thing I want to ask you about because I'm always curious about that transition from Salon Suite to Salon Owner because. I wonder how many people go into the sweet side of the industry as a stepping stone. And once they've, you know, had a successful suite, they think, do you know what? I'd actually like to employ some staff and and build something bigger. So, you know, was that your experience or was it a completely different thing that made you take that next step? Um, well, I was at a commission salon for 17 years. So that's kind of where I grew up. At that time, I just kind of figured it was my time to branch out. I wasn't quite ready to be a salon owner because I grew up in the commission salon and I was, you know, receptionist, then manager, then salon stylist. I knew all the ins and outs of owning a salon. And it's funny, I used to say, I am never doing that. That is way too much work. When I did go to the salon suite, I really enjoyed it. But for me personally, you know, I have all these years of experience of different things. And I just would look around my room and say, this is it for me. You know, I like, I still working 20 more years. And I just kind of felt like the walls were getting a little smaller on me. And, yeah. and Todd was actually always the one that he's like, we can do this. We can do this. And I knew I wanted to grow more. And I decided to do a salon and I was ready to be uncomfortable you know, because uh, you don't open up a salon and go, this is going to be really smooth and awesome. And um, so I was ready for my season of uncomfortability, yeah, you know, and I was ready to take that challenge on. Yeah. But little did you know that eight months after <laughs> opening, just how uncomfortable it was going to get, because I, I don't know yes. if you said it to the listeners, but you opened a salon and then eight months later, COVID hit. So correct. Uh, so talk to us, uh, talk to us about that. I mean, it's not a direct question I'm asking you. It's sort of, okay, so you're eight months in. How many staff did you have? At that time, we had six, including oh. me. Okay, so you grew quickly. Yes. Right. Yeah, okay. we got lucky. We got a few people like we're, we had worked with before and that were bought into our story. So, yeah. Okay. Now, am I, am I right in saying, I know we had a brief chat a couple of days ago. Am I right in saying that when COVID hit and you had to close down like everybody else, that because you'd only been open for eight months, that you didn't qualify for financial assistance. Is that, is that correct? That is, or have I got the wrong correct, idea there? No, that is correct. We applied many times, but since we were such a young business and we didn't have a lot of tracking, it just kept bouncing back where we were not approved. We had many professionals get involved to try to help us. However, it just didn't work out. So good thing that we had some great mentoring leading into this. We had a, a nice savings built up and we lived very lean in those times on our personal life and also within our salon. And I also want to thank our team for that because they helped make sure that we lived lean, only get the necessities. And we provided what we needed with great communication with Audra and our team 
And so that's what helped us get through those times. Yeah. How long were you shut for in total? We were shut down for a total of about a month and a half. And we are in Texas, in the United States. And we had a slow comeback in our state. And so we were a lot faster than some of the other states. Yeah. But even though we had the slow comeback, guests were still scared to come into the salon. So we could only host at the corners of our salon one guest at a time. So we had four guests at a time. And we gave them longer experience time because they needed that comfortability. They needed that one-on-one time to get back into something to make them feel good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, six months, uh, six weeks, sorry, of being shut down mm-hmm. is a considerable yes, amount of time. But a lot of people will be listening to this going six weeks. That's nothing. You know, we had a year or right. you know, nine months or whatever it was. But especially when you're not yes. getting any financial assistance and you're a new no. business, that still yes. um, hurts. Uh, you you yes. use the expression, you said we got lean uh, during that <laughs> yes. time. Uh, Talk to us about that. What does that mean? Because, you know, looking at at news bulletins all over the world again at the moment, you're seeing a lot about the economic impact that's starting to hit um, and Mm -hmm. the impact that inflation's having. So I think a lot of people are, are, are looking at, okay, what do I need to do to position my business you know, so that I get through the next 12 months. And I think that that term you used about getting lean um, is, uh, you know, that there's some there's some wisdom in there, some experience in there that other people uh, could benefit from hearing. So tell us a little bit about that. I appreciate that, Anthony. Um, when we talk about living lean, it's really budgeting and seeing what our budget budget is for that month, but not just that month, but forecasting what could happen in the next few months. So I was able to really meet with all of our vendors and just had a heart to heart with them, our landlords, even on our personal finances. And I said, look, this is where we're at. Now, we don't know when we're going to come back. So help us. And it was quite remarkable because most of the people either deferred some of our payments for a couple of months and just added to the end of our loan. And the majority of them, what they did was they made us pay 50%. So that way we stayed active, we stayed relevant, and then we could help them with their bills too. Because it is a, a, a give and take relationship with that anything in business. Yeah. And we also started buying in bulk and going to other outlets that we normally wouldn't go to to get products that we needed in our salons. All right. That's mm-hmm. interesting. So um, uh, after that six weeks of closure, was it six weeks in one hit or it was six weeks in total? It was six work, six weeks uh, the first time total, but then we had another slowdown after Texas started to come back. Yeah. Even though they didn't officially close us, it was almost like we were closed again, but yeah. we were running at a minimal. Okay. Did you did you lose um, any staff? Because, I mean, you said, you know, eight months open. You'd already built up to having six team members. That's considerable growth in a short space of time. Uh, no yes, financial assistance from the government. So, you know, there's, a, there's right. a lot of pressure on you to look after these people. Uh, did you mm-hmm. did you lose any of them or did they all come back? We did lose two in that process. Uh, they fortunately found other places that they could find to work at. And then we available two more spots. So then we had two more team members join us right away. And we started them right out of hair school. Right. And so, so that was a nice little transition for us. Yeah. 
Really? So yeah, some people didn't come back and that was fine. And, you know, we just kind of trucked on with the people that we had. Yeah. Right. Okay. Right. So, um, th- you know, that is a, a, a challenging time. A lot of people went through the same thing. A lot of people will completely 100% relate to what you're talking about. Um, but now we want to take it up a level because the bit that the audience don't know that I know because you've spoken about it with me and that you're happy to talk about it is in amongst all that you get diagnosed with breast cancer. So uh, that's a, a double whammy, COVID and breast cancer and a new business and no government assistance and three kids at home, et cetera. Uh, so, you know, talk to us about how you dealt with that, because that is a, a, a huge, you know, thing to throw in the mix. Yes, correct. Um, so I was diagnosed with breast cancer in February of 2019, and then we closed you know, of March, I believe almost a month later. So yes, that was a a pretty strong hit. And um, of course you have your moments of, you know, why is this happening? You know, it's like I threw up all the plates and they all came crashing down at the same time, you know? Yeah. So I got myself together and really the biggest part I think that helped me through it, of course, was, you know, my husband and my family, you know, were all rallied around me to, you know, pick up what I couldn't pick up. But my um, my strong responsibility to what I had just opened was very um, driving for me to get going and get through it. So I got to do my my first surgery, which was the mastectomy. And then I recovered during our shutdown. Okay. So that, as I look back, at least we were shut down. However, during that time, you know, I'm still like, we were zooming with the team, you know, trying to keep them connected connected with us. Mm -hmm. And uh, I wanted to show them that, Hey guys, I know I'm going through, you know, uh, the ringer right now, but look, I'm here you know, you see me and I'm still talking and I'm not bowing out, you know, and I, I, I just felt like that was very important for me to show them that, you know, I'm here and we're here and we're so strong, you know, and I, I'm not going to lie and say I didn't have my moments of like, oh, why is this all happening at one time? Can I just get one major disaster at a time and mm-hmm. deal with it like that? But, you know, sometimes it doesn't work that way. And that's okay. Cause you know what? It's uh you find strength inside that you didn't even know you had. And I did. And, you know, uh, the, just the, the prayers and the energy that everybody was sending was really, that really helped. Um, and then we got to come back. And so when, uh, I was strong enough to get back to work, you know, I put my, my, all my oversized things on covering up all the things that I had going on and, I'd walk into work and stay a couple of hours and everybody was very happy to see me. And then I'd come back home and try to rest and relax and, you know, heal. So, um, but you know, it was, it was a, it was a crazy time, but you know, it's time is a funny thing. You get through it and you just kind of have to, it sounds cliche, but you really do have to just stay in that positive headspace. I did allow myself to kind of get to a spot where it was like, "Mm," but, you know, you do that. It's really hard to dig yourself out, you know. And so um, I just really allowed myself to kind of just go, "Okay, Audra, I have something to do. I have a responsibility and I have a task. And that's what kept me focused 
through those times of like me having to, you know, mm-hmm. go through three surgeries in one year, things getting pushed back because of COVID and the hospitals were, you know, backed up. So I had my first surgery, then I was feeling good and I'd go back to work, but then I had to have my second one, which was reconstruction. And then I had to be out again. So I did the process again with the team. You know what I mean? Like I'm still here. I'm strong. I'm, you know, every day would do little things to help me physically and mentally get stronger. And it first, it started off just walking around my bed, building up my strength to come back, you know? So, but I'm here and I'm strong and, you know, the team was invested in what was going on. They were invested in me and invested in the salon. And, um, I thank them, you know, tremendously for that. And of course, everyone around us, you know, So Mm. at that time, we also connected with a great person, um, Stephanie Kuchelski, and we connected during that time of my um, out and we chose her and she chose us for mentoring us. And when we got to a spot where it was, I don't even know where to go anymore. You know, she Mm kind of helped us get to that next spot giving us ideas and giving us thoughts and letting us vent and, you know, to help us get to the next thing, you know, and people talk about mentors so much, but, you know, if you can find somebody to just help you clear your mind and to help you move forward and take away all the emotional stuff out of it and get to the meat and potatoes of what you have to do. That was, um, that really took us to the next level. Yeah. 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 So, look, first of all, I want to say, uh, how courageous you are, you know, to, to talk about that, knowing that, you know, thousands of people are going to listen to this, um, you know, because it's very personal. Um, so I want to thank you for having the courage to talk about that. Um, you know, 90% of the people that listen to this are women. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, being in the hairdressing industry, most of those women will know other people that have gone through this, you know, family members, and perhaps they themselves going through it. So, um, you know, I think it's important that it's something that's that's spoken about. And I wanted to, to, to thank you for being, you know, prepared to do that and to, you know, to share that because, uh, you know, that's that's valuable for other people. Um, I, I want to ask you about, about that from the, the work perspective. I know your business was new at that time. So you, was, you still had that newness and that excitement and that commitment of having the business. But... What what did what sort of impact did it have on your view of work and life balance of what's important in life? Because when whenever you're faced with the reality of your own mortality, it does start making you think about family and your own life and work and balance and all that sort of thing. And a lot of people were going through that anyway with the whole COVID thing. So. Did it have any impact on you other than what you've already spoken about with sort of reassessing that, what's important and what you need to do and who you are and your role as a wife, as a as a business owner, with staff, with, uh, um, you know, uh, with, as a hairdresser, with clients, all these different responsibilities you had going on. Talk to us about that. Uh, that's actually a really great, great question because you really do think about it because you do. Mortality kind of gets 
put in your face and you just start to really assess on what's important in your life. And my business was very important, but also my personal life and my work life balance. And, you know, coming from, you know, I started in like the early 2000s and, you know, we were that those kind of hairdressers that we were booked every 30 minutes. And, you know, if you took a lunch, you were just, you know, what are you eating? You're supposed to be working, you know? And um, it sounds kind of silly, but through all this, I feel like it just helped me go, okay, Audra, the world has changed people's views of life in general have changed if you're a hairdresser or not. And so I tried to think about how this is going to affect everybody just besides me and what's important. Mm. And yes, I did think, you know what, I'm not going to ever go back to work like that again, because I just felt like it was just more important to make sure that I, my, my body and my brain stay healthy, yeah. you know, uh, cause they're very much together. Mm -hmm. And um, so I think it's kind of helped me also be a little more um, relaxed when my staff comes to me with a problem of if even if it's just physical or if it's mental. Sometimes when you go through a major challenge, you tend to be a lot more you're, you're just a little more uh, what's patient. patient with what, that's what I'm, you're a little more sympathetic mm -hmm. to what people are going through. Yeah, and yeah. so that when I opened up the salon, you know, my what I was thinking with my value or one of our core mission statements is empowering people to look and feel their very best. And it's not only with guests, it's with my staff as well. And work life balance. Is that possible? I don't know. But we do strive to help do that. Yes. And I think by me going through that, I realized, look, yes, I have to work and I have to, you know, pay bills and make money. And that's just the way that, you know, the world goes. But what can I do in those little seconds to make sure that I do have that me time, yeah. especially at this point, being a salon owner, because you give so much of yourself to not only your staff, the clients that you do have, and then hopefully you have some left for your family at home. And it's very important, I've realized through the whole thing, to make sure I've said no a little bit more than I ever have. Mm -hmm. And believe it or not, that's very hard. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. very hard to say, I'm sorry, I really can't commit to that or I just need me time. You know, yeah. of course, that's taken some time for that. But um, that that kind of helped me good, do that. Some good comes out of it. Some good comes out. Yes. Of yeah, it does. Frame life and values and what's important. How old are your kids? I know you've got three kids, but I have no idea how old they are. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, we have three kids. Oh, sorry. Okay. Yeah, we have three kids. Um, our oldest is 26. He's a barber in our salon. Oh, uh, okay. yes, our, yeah. yes. Yes. And in our, our middle child is a daughter that is graduating from college in December. And then our youngest child is 23, and he's in his first year of college. Well, 20 oh, sorry, 25. I have a 26 year old. I have a 23 year old. Yeah. And then I have a 21 year old. Hey, don't worry, Todd. I do the same thing. I have to stop and think. And, uh, yeah. yeah. And whenever the I have three, are, we have three kids. Yeah. yeah. Well, I've got four. And whenever they're there, they, they look at me to go, I wonder if he's going to get it right. You know? <laughs> yes. Anyway. Hardly ever. Yeah. yeah. Well, I know how many years we've been married. 26. So there we're you good go. there. There you go. I didn't realize. I thought you were going to say the kids were much younger than that. So obviously it has impact on, you know, the family as well. So 
Let, let's talk a little bit about the business and how the business bounced back. I know, Todd, that you are not a hairdresser. I am correct saying that, but you're heavily involved That's in correct. the business side of things with the salon, although you have another yes. job as well. So, yeah. you know, that, that must have put a lot of pressure on you. I mean, the health issues that, that Audra was having as, as well as, you know, not being able to get government assistance for the business and having sick staff. And, you know, there's a lot of plates being spun there. So talk to us about the bounce back side of things, because I know that you're very positive about that, that you've come through the yes. other end and business has bounced back and, you know, it's onward yes. and upward from here. Well, um, the bounce back was, it was, it was slow, but we worked through it. And how we worked through it was, was just really being balanced with my time. I needed to make sure I was there for the time before they opened, after hours, during lunchtime, I was up there. After five o'clock, I was up there. Sometimes I would have vacation days. I'd be up there um, all day. Every Saturday, I'm up there 24-7. And I'm always available for them and helping them connect. And what I do is on the operational side, but also more on the coaching side of that. And I feel like that's where it's really important. And I, I have some great mentors around us, or we have some great mentors around us. And it helps me with that because it's not just about the numbers, and this is what I've learned from Audra, and thank you, Audra, is it's not about the numbers or where they can get, even though we get excited as numbers people. I know you're a numbers person, but you get excited when they're almost there. So we push a little bit more. But that's really where we need to find out why are they driving those numbers? What's behind the heart in it? What are they going to do if they get to this thing? And really coach to that versus pushing just numbers as it was old school. Get them in, get them out. Yeah. Now it's about... Make the most of your day. You only have one guest. What multiple services and what experiences is their guest wanting at that time? Okay. So um, just connecting on those things, that helped us. Yeah. That bounce well, back. Did you make any changes, you know, uh, post-COVID, if we can call it post-COVID? Uh, yes, sir. To, you know, you sort of do it with fingers crossed, don't you? Uh, but yes, yes. Did, did you make any changes to pricing structure, to appointment times, to services that you offered? I know you said obviously there were some social distancing issues there um, that mm-hmm. changed the client experience. But but talk to us a little bit about that. Uh, well, we did change our uh, pricing because we used to be like we would encompass like a highlight, and a haircut, and a toner all together, right? When people were coming back from COVID, everybody was ready for this big change. We were noticing that cupping all those prices together wasn't quite a smart business thing. So we charted, started charging a little bit more a la carte where it was like a highlight and then you put your uh, color with it and then you put your toner with it. And then of course we were charging accordingly for all the extra colors and the bowls and things like that. And that really grew our average ticket you know, because at that time, you know, it was hard to get product. And so we had to make sure that we were charging accordingly so we could order more product. Mm -hmm. So we were noticing that we were, were losing some by not charging accordingly of what we should. Yes. It helped our overall budget and it also helped our profitability as well. We started making a small profit there, believe it or not, even though we reduced our clientele, but we were still making it profitable by little shifts like that, making it um, the most of the time frame. We also, we did not increase our prices yet. So I just want to make sure I put that out there. 
Yeah. Yes, a lot of salons increased their prices as soon as we came back because of all the extra sanitation that you had to pay for and invest in. Yeah, we did not. And we chose to do that for our guests because and we promoted that and we filmed that in our social media platforms of how clean we were, what we were practicing and uh, what we're doing for our guests to make sure that they were taken care of. And also about the pricing that we were not going to go up in our prices as them as a thank you for supporting us through this time frame. Now, we did um, this year was the very first time that we had a price increase. And um, what was pleasantly welcome, Anthony, was all our clients actually promoted for us. They said it's about time. Yes. Fantastic. They said it's about time. You guys give us so much. You always deliver an exceptional experience. I tell all of our friends and family, and that's what we really do. Our number one um, rebooking tool is our referrals. Yes, we use a lot of social media, and I have to give hats off to Audra on that. She really runs that social media. She's on it all the time. And uh, our team, they're active on social media. But it still comes back to 80% of our referrals is trackable through word of mouth. Yeah. Okay. Any particular new uh, marketing sort of initiatives that you've been putting in place that have, you know, helped the business grow? Because, you know, you haven't been open that long in terms of the life of a business and you've had some major hurdles to, you know, to deal with in the in the process. And here you are, you've come out the other end of it, you know, uh, uh, bigger and better and, and growing and optimistic about the future, um, loyal team, growing team numbers, um, any particular marketing initiatives there that you're focusing on? Did you want to talk about some of the, uh, what is it, social work? Yes. So we've been, we give back to the community a lot. That really helps us with cross marketing. Um, last year, we raised $2,700 in a fundraiser campaign for Bright Pink, uh, breast cancer and ovarian cancer early detection awareness. And uh, we did that. And another thing, Anthony, that we were able to do was I even ran a marathon to help promote the salon, but also promotes a really great cause, Bright Pink, that was to provide breast cancer and ovarian cancer awareness, early detection. And so we raised $2,700 and I ran that marathon just to help promote them. But also in return, it helped us because a lot of salon guests didn't realize that we were giving back in that way. And it helped confirm with them and it also helped build our business. And then uh, another initiative that we did was uh, the... When the schools were going through their um, fundraising season, um, yeah. we decided to be a part of that. And whoever raised um, a certain amount, a dollar amount first, the first three students from one school, uh, we have two Paul Mitchell schools in Texas, and so, or I'm sorry, in Houston. So the first three students from each school that raised money, they were going to get a free color class from our salon. So, you know, we did that for many reasons to help with their fundraising season, but also to help let students know that, hey, we're a salon here in Houston in spring. And so just kind of open their eyes to that. And so that was really fun. And that was very successful. And the students that came in, they had a great time. They got, you know, a free mannequin, a little swag bag. And, you know, they got free education, you know, yeah. something a little different from what they're currently getting in school. So that was a real big success. We had a really great time with that. And yeah. It also helped our social media presence with that because we post everything we do. We treat everything as a win in the salon, Anthony. Yep. And 
even if it's big or small, they're working on a mannequin, we're doing a hair show, we're doing something that's relevant out in the community. And then Audrey actually, and our salon was invited to be a part of a little mini hair show. What hairdresser doesn't like hair shows, right? Mm. So we got out there, we promoted it before, we promoted it during, we promoted it afterwards. So that also helped drive more traffic. And then it also filled up our hairdressers with that missing urge to be creative and see creativity in front of them for them. Yeah. And that's something that we really drive home with. And we promote it all the time. Good. We go out to local events and then we also promote them as we're promoting ourselves in the same way as a cost marketing tool. And that's what I think has helped kind of push us in our early years and what we're going to continue doing. So that way we can be out there and be relevant, but not just as a hair salon, but as givers in our community and also builders of our community with local businesses. And so we always are welcoming that. And I thank you for letting us be a part of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Look, I, I think the community thing, you know, so running the marathon, first of all, congratulations. I, I've run a marathon. Thank you, sir. Uh, just about killed me oh, in the process. Yeah. So yeah, I, I don't know how it was for you. But anyway, uh, it's, yeah. it's certainly not easy. So I, I take my hat off to anyone who's done it. Um, and, and I think from a marketing perspective, I think a lot of people need to remember that they're part of a community. And yes. uh, and getting doing stuff like that, I think, is a really you know good uh, business building initiative, and and it's a good bonding thing for everybody. So uh, yes. so 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 well done on that one. Um, Thank you. What I what I wanted to sort of start to wrap up with is to talk a little bit about your personal um, strengths. Okay, so what what would you say your your biggest strengths are? Um, I don't know who wants to go first. I mean, you know, running a marathon is a strength, surviving breast cancer is a strength. So, you know, you you fight amongst it between the two of you. But but what would you say your biggest strength was that, that gets you through challenging times? Oh, that's a good one. Do you know? Yeah, so I'll, I'll just jump in. So, uh, you know, it's, it's wellness. You have to keep yourself in a good space. And, you know, I've been told <laughs> before that I'm the most positive person. Sometimes that can be a blessing or sometimes it can be a curse. Mm-hmm. But what I have to do is I work on myself every day. And uh, my strengths come from I get up, I read about four pages from something that's going to motivate me. I listen to great music to motivate me. I do something for my health. And then I do something for someone else every single day. And that helps motivate me to be my best. So I can fill my bucket when I'm going in whatever situation. And then afterwards, and I'll end on this, is I try to do something at the end of the day to fill my bucket back up. I know it's cliche, but that's what works for me. And that's what keeps me going. And I just like to create magic for everyone. You know, I'm just honored to be a part of this industry. Um, yeah, no, that that is good, Todd. And you are very positive. Every time I see you Thank or you, talk to you, you're very positive and you've got a positive you, energy. And, you know, if it's a choice that you make in life, you're better to choose being positive than not. So uh, sometimes I think people look for something magical and mystical and like, oh, my gosh, I've never heard that before. But often it is just doing the things that you just spoke about and doing them consistently. You know, you made a real yes. point of saying every day I make a point of doing this and that's yeah. what makes a difference. So, uh, Audra, how about yourself? Well, 
what kind of helps me just maintain for one being next to this guy, because, you know, he is a ball of energy and a ball of positivity. And so I see the things that he does and I'm like, okay, that's what I need to do for myself. I think as a woman, we put a lot of things on our shoulders all the time. And I feel that going through the things that I've gone through, I've realized I'm a lot stronger than what I realized I was. And Mm -hmm. so I think my strength, my patience, flexibility in life because stuff comes at you that you just don't realize I have to go for a walk every day. And it's just something that I started doing, uh, for me because I need the outside time. I need the sun. I need the air. You know, it's something that I do when I get home after every day, because, you know, we've just given, given a lot of ourselves all day. So that's kind of helped me reconvene, get my life back together. And then I go, and then I started going to bed early. I know it's a kind of a simple thing, but I need my sleep and I yeah. need my recover time. So I walk every day, I go to bed early and I can't wait to get my cup of coffee in the morning. Those simple things just kind of help me, you know, <laughs> and then, um, yes. And then I gave myself permission to say no. And that's what I did. And those are the things that are helping me kind of just be a salon owner and be a better person, not only for myself, but for the people that depend on me. Yeah. So just to wrap up then, what what does the future look like for you personally and for the business? What are the plans for the business and yourselves going forward? God, I think for us, you know, we're really looking just to build the salon, you know, and uh, for us, you know, we're always looking for something new. And I think too, personally, um, I think just me and Todd being able to spend a little bit more time together because we're in two different spots at one time. So, you know, as the salon grows, I know we'll be busier, but we're hoping that we're in it, doing it together at the same time. And you know, hopefully there's a vacation in there somewhere. So Yeah, exactly. Okay. Well, look, we need to wrap up. It's been really good talking to you. Where, where can people connect with you on Instagram or other social channels? So we are at Colourpop Salons on Instagram. Oh. And then, of course, at Colourpop Salons. And I am a wise hairdresser and Todd from Texas. Yes. Right. Todd a wise. wise hairdresser and Todd from Texas. Yeah. All right. Okay. Yes. I, I will put those links uh, in uh, the show notes for today's podcast and on our website. Uh, if you listen to this podcast with Todd and Audra and enjoyed it, then please do me a favor, take a screenshot on your phone and share it to your Instagram stories. And don't forget to subscribe and leave us a rating and review on the Apple podcast app. So to wrap up, Todd and Audra, thank you so much for being on this week's episode of the Grow My Salon Business this podcast thank you, thank you so much for having us it was a pleasure thank sure. you great to have you here look after yourselves thank you for listening to today's podcast if you'd like to connect with us you'll find us at growmysalonbusiness.com or on facebook and instagram at grow my salon business and if you enjoyed tuning into our podcast make sure that you subscribe like and share it with your friends until next time this is anthony whitaker wishing you continued success